0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory is you, O Lord. From that time on, after Peter confessed that Jesus was the Messiah, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and undergo great suffering at the hands of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, God forbid it, Lord, this must never happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. Then Jesus told his disciples, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. I'd like to invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. everybody. So Vicar Ivor and myself got up very early this morning so that we could get down from Mount Cross from the confirmation camp to be here to lead worship. And as some of you may know, anytime I come back from Mount Cross, we always have to talk about trees (laughs) because they have really amazing trees. And there's one tree in particular that has the very creative name of big tree, which amongst coastal redwoods says something because it is big even amongst those trees. But it's hard to get to. The trail is kind of windy and the last couple of times we were there we couldn't get to it because they were working on the trail. But today, or yesterday actually, we were able to get there. And this tree is big enough, it's, it's got a hollowed out portion that was large enough for all 13 of the confermans to sit inside And for Vicar Ivor and myself and Elizabeth to sit outside while we did a little Bible study. So it's a big tree. Hence the name, Big Tree. But one of the things that's amazing, like a lot of sequoias or coastal redwoods, is that they often have had a hurt in their life. The reason that this tree had a space so big was because once a long time ago, there had been a fire And the fire had hurt the tree. And it had burned a spot in the center of its trunk. And there was this space there. But you know, even though it was burned, it was perfectly healthy and thriving. It's kind of something that we think about as Christians. Because when we're baptized, we understand that that God has claimed us in a way that no hurts or pains in this life is going to separate us from. So just like those huge trees that survive so well, that's the life of the Christian. It's not always smooth and easy and pain-free, but we know God is there to give us life and encouragement. Let's say a prayer. Can you guys hold your hands? Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this beautiful day, the beautiful trees, this community to gather in. We ask that you would join us that we might experience your power in all of creation. Amen. Okay, you guys can go back to your seats. It is pretty comfortable up here, isn't it? (laughs) So today's text, we have a lot of conversation about names. Names are kind of a big deal. I remember when we had our children, there was this labored process of what names to be considered and an equally important list of the names not to be considered, right? Now, in my... Wife's family, her father had been a public school teacher in Los Angeles for almost 40 years. There was a long list of names that were not to be used. (laughs) Now you may not have had that experience, but certainly there have been other experiences or times when things have been named. And the power that that is to give someone a name forever It's kind of a big thing. In the Old Testament text, names are not only significant in that sense, they are powerful. To know someone's name is to express a familiarity, a relationship, and even a power with them in a sorts. And so it's very significant when Moses is wandering out in the wilderness watching this flock that we get to a conversation about names. Now we've got all kinds of names. Moses, this great Egyptian name, curiously, for this great leader of the Jewish people. He's wandering around. It doesn't say in the text. It's been interesting as we move through the semi-continuous readings, the stories that we miss, like when he, you know, killed the Egyptian soldier and is now on the lamb. But we forget that story and just move, move ahead. And there he is watching the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, who is probably one of the clampets, but the Hebrew is vague and it doesn't uh, focus in, a priest of Midian. These are holy places, the mountain of God. And Moses is called to out of this fire. Now, I suppose we could have this lengthy conversation of what kind of plants stand up well to fire, how long would that have lasted, but I think the name piece is interesting. God has a task for Moses, sends Moses on his way, but Moses said, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. So if I go and talk to your people like you've asked me to do, they're going to ask me, well, well, who sent you? So who shall I say sent me? And we get this amazing name, Yahweh, Yahweh. And the old English said Jehovah, Yahweh, same word. It's kind of a, a curious name. We kind of discussed this quite a bit at text study. If you open up any Bible and page through the Old Testament, you will see writings where the word Lord is all in capital letters. And there are all kinds of great stories about this from lectors who are convinced that that means that it's to be emphasized like the Lord said. <laughs> but that's not what it's for. It's telling us that it's a substitute word. It's being deliberately translated differently. Wherever we see the Lord in full caps out of respect for the Hebrew tradition, it is a substitute for the word Yahweh. Traditionally, Yahweh means I am who I am or I am that I am. But like a lot of names, it doesn't mean what the word actually literally means. The word Yahweh literally means in the Hebrew, the best rendering potentially is He causes to be. He causes to be. says something profound about God that everything that is, all of creation, big tree, us, He causes to be. That's who sent Moses oh, oh, okay. And Moses goes off. Now we know Moses has a lot of other objections too then. Well, I don't speak well. And then we get Aaron coming on to the scene. But this business about names is something that sticks with us. There are a lot of things that we could talk about in relationship to God. There are a lot of ways in which the Bible could start could start out with great conflict and violence, but it starts out instead with the one who causes all things to be creating life from nothing. says something huge about our God. Now, we move into the Gospel text and we get a different name. In the Old Testament, sure, we hear about God, but you know, God is God, and God can go by whatever God wants. But what about us? We have Peter, or the name that we call Peter, Petros Rock. Now the rock is called a number of things in the Gospel text. First of all, we remember the rock that walks on the water and sinks like a a rock, right? Right? Or, we think of last Sunday's text. A powerful text where Jesus says, who do they say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter, the rock, says the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and gets it right. And he says, you are the rock, and on this rock I will build my church. So, We have the rock that sank. We have the rock that is the cornerstone of the church. And then the very next verses are what we read today. Jesus says, yes, Messiah, Son of the living God, and everybody knows what that means. Power. Glory. Strength in arms. The one who is going to lead and free the people of Israel from those who are holding them captive. Everybody knew who the Messiah was. And so when Jesus goes on to explain that the Messiah is going to suffer, is going to be persecuted by the leaders, crucified, die, and then come back from the dead, Peter says, wait, wait a minute. That's not what we signed up for. It's fascinating to me that Jesus is doing all this teaching and suddenly Peter puts his arm around him and pulls him off to the side and says, wait, 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 wait a minute. This is not what we're here about. We're here to be strong. We're here to be powerful. To be influential. To have people looking up to us. To be persuasive. To be cool. To be looked up to by our neighbors and colleagues and peers. Enough about this hardship talk and death. It's kind of a downer. (laughs) Let's not do that. And now we hear about the rock again. Jesus turns around back to those he had been discussing, effectively telling Peter, I am not yours. I am not yours. And he says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling rock, we might say. A stumbling rock. So we have Peter, the rock that sinks, the rock that the church will be built on, The rock that causes others to stumble in their lives of faith. All in one rock. But isn't that the way life is? It's not often smooth and glamorous. We skate through our social circles and think, how cool am I that I go to church and believe in God? If just everybody knew they would be following me just like it was with Peter and the other disciples. Life is not always smooth. We know that. And our lives of faith in particular are not smooth. The second reading, I think, gets to this. We love the piety of Paul saying that the Lord commands that vengeance is mine, not yours. And so we have this pious affect often where people might come up to us and say, Aren't you upset about this or angry? Oh no, it's in the Lord's hands. But I love the space that is made in this text. Don't be angry yourself, but leave room for the wrath of God. <laughs> Why aren't you angry? Oh, I'm just leaving room for God's wrath here. That's all. <laughs> But I think we often kind of move through life in that fashion. This hope that God is going to bring justice today because it is needed. And the fear that God will bring justice today because it is needed. And that justice involves us and our neighbors, everyone. We recognize that when we have been baptized and brought into the body of Christ, it has never been promised that it will be simple and easy. But it has been promised that we will be in community with God. As we gather in this space, I think notably together. We are not a faith that worships apart, but rather together. We're mindful, I think, particularly in the Lutheran tradition of the Scandinavian history of churches that look like the hulls of a ship. Mindful of a people who came over rough waters to a new land. That is our story as Christians. A recognition that life may batter us around, but we are together in the body of Christ going to that new place. So I would encourage you when you hear these words today, be mindful of the brokenness and fallibility of Peter even as we are broken and fallible. But also be mindful that Christ always returned to him. Amen.